Welcome to episode 204 of I Quit Blank and Started Running. If you are new to my podcast, this is a show about remarkable people who turn to running as a way to overcome a particular challenge in their lives. Join me each week as I share inspiring stories of where they started, what it was that made them want to change, how running factored in, and where they are today. My guest today is one of my best friends, Shannon Ralphs. Sister of World Cup skier and Olympian Darren Ralphs, Shannon opted out of a career in ski racing after winning NCAAs and gaining the title of All-American Skier at UC Boulder. Illness and injury were factors, but neither deterred Shannon to pivot and explore her other athletic talents, of which there are many, as I have witnessed myself. This is more of a casual conversation between girlfriends than an interview, reminiscing and laughing about shared experiences. Hi, Shannon. <laughs> What's up, Antonia? <laughs> Thank you for doing this. I I want yeah, this to be awesome. a fun conversation, as I said before, but I will do an, a regular introduction like I do with everyone. Um, so what is your name? Where are you from? And what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> My name is Shannon Rouse. I live in Reno, Nevada and Truckee, California, part-time. Um, what do I do? I do a lot of things, but I do commercial real estate and investments and mostly in Reno and in Arizona for my family business. Awesome. And really love it. That's really Challenge. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Challenges me mentally. Did you, uh, you didn't go running today, but what was your last run and how did it go and where did you go? Well, I have a new little puppy, as you know. Little thunder, so she doesn't really allow me to go too far. Um, I just ran around Truckee, um, did I think about six miles, pretty short run for me. Yeah, I just but wanted fast. to say short, short for you. It's not short yeah. for people like me <laughs> right yeah. now, anyway. Well, yeah, I've been adding a lot of miles this year since this 2021. We had some races and we didn't do them, so I've just been adding some miles and doing some bucket list stuff. So it's been good. I've been feel pretty good and in shape. So I'm stoked. Yeah. You've been running a lot, but you weren't yeah. running your entire life because you and I met, um, skiing because skiing is something that your family is into. And, um, <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. So, uh, yeah. So I remember meeting you when was this 2013? I believe so. Yes. Yes. And your brother <laughs> was putting on this bonsai, um, this bonsai Chinese downhill in Alpine, I remember. And I was uh, with friends out at, in Truckee at uh, Bar of America. There may or may not have been a shot or two of tequila involved. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I said, oh, I saw this uh, Red Bull finish gate. In, in alpine skiing today i wonder what's going on there uh, and then you know turns out that it's your brother's race and i'm like oh i've always wanted to do this and i'm going to sign up and mind you i was well into my 30s right and i've never done something like this and so of course my friend who was there carrie she said yeah, let's do it i'll sponsor you <laughs> And so we show up at, what, 7 a.m. at the Lodge in Alpine. And I, I pick up this waiver. And the waiver is, like, 
four pages long and you know <laughs> six point uh uh font and yeah front and back and i'm like and it said something about dying and that nobody's responsible for my death and i'm like am i really doing this and you turn around and you look at me and you said yeah you're doing this and <laughs> i of course had no idea who you were and that you were related to the organizer and uh yeah so Tell me, remember what you said? I, I think you were kind of vacillating and, you know, looking at the paper. And I was like, come on, you got this. Yeah, do it. It's going to be so much fun and challenge yourself. And I'm doing it. Don't, you know. And So let's do this together. Do it. Come on. What do you have to lose? And, and, I, and you looked yeah. age appropriate, not like the other 22-year-olds that were in the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a big... Um, spread of ages but um that's actually gives us even more motivation you know someone that's 18 and 20 and 30s and all that it's fun to race against everybody instead of just just your age you know you challenge yourself in so many different ways it was really fun like um scared the hell out of me i'll tell you that but um at the same time and you all the other thing you said is there's only eight women doing it so there's a chance that you can podium or something. And I said, there's no fucking chance I'll be on the podium, but okay. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's an awesome event. I'm really bummed that uh, it's not happening anymore, but we had such a good time and just, you know, pushing other women and supporting other women and doing it. And, you know, everyone talks a big game and you don't, and you just go out and did it, which was awesome. I was super stoked. And I think that's why we've connected so well. Totally. We, we do what we say and we say what we do. And we, we, yeah, we made some really good friends because of Bonsai. So you and I met and then of course Sarah, you know, and the three of us have been doing all sorts of races together, including running. And actually, um, I want to sort of go back to, you know, how you got into running and r- running, racing, triathlons, etc. because you were because you and your brother were in high school in Vermont for skiing and that was kind of what you set out to do originally right so how did that transition happen yeah so i was um yeah we were really focused on skiing and um we went back to school like you said to vermont and we just worked really hard and that was our goal and that was our life goal is to be olympians and to you know, be in the world cup circuit. And, um, unfortunately I was on a really good path and then I got mono, um, I think my sophomore junior year and that was a big year. And so I had to take that time off and I kept skiing, trying to make it, took a year off between high school and college to see if I could kind of get back to the level I was at just because I had a year off from that mono but didn't happen I got a full ride to CU so I went to CU instead and pursued skiing um and a education gotcha yeah so see I I forgot about the mono and that that took you out for a year in high school yeah yeah that was tough because I was pretty much at my top of my game in high school and then I started doing these you know I was like I'm a speed event. So that means like downhill and super G it's just fast straight down the hill. And I was really just doing really well. And then all of a sudden I had no energy and just didn't know, just tried to push through it. Thought maybe I was just tired or 
whatever. And it just, every race was just a, a slog. And so then finally I got tested and yeah, I had mono and they didn't allow me to race cause your spleen gets inflamed. And yeah, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was tough. It's tough mentally. And I was in the East coast by myself, you know, my brother was on the world cup circuit and my parents were back in California. So, you Ugh. know, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's just part of life. You got to push through it, and you learn your lessons. And so then, yeah, I went to see you. So that was a great experience. I went and skied for them for one year. It was All-American, and we won NCAAs that year. And then I broke my leg that summer, so I decided to um, really focus on my studies. Okay, so you, this this leg break, <laughs> this happened uh, in your freshman year, you said, right? Yeah, after my freshman year. Okay. Sophomore year. So, so did you so did you focus on your studying because you were kind of done? Did you see that you were done with skiing? Was that kind of what it was? Yeah. yeah, I was burnt out in skiing, and I just you know obviously things happen for a reason, and so I just I wouldn't have been able to come back that year anyways because um, it was a tib fib break compound break. Um, Ouch. So wouldn't have been able to happen. So yeah, I just decided to focus on studies and actually have a somewhat of a normal life instead of just always focus on sports. Yeah. You know, my whole life was about sports. So <laughs> how did that go for you? <laughs> Cause now, and then your career changed into something else, right? You started, well, I guess you started running at some point because you ended up in triathlon. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I was, uh, I was just running a lot and I remember I was at Squaw Valley with my brother and a couple of friends and my brother kind of was just like, gosh, why do you run all the time? We're skiers. Skiers don't run. And I just look at him I'm like, cause I'm going to do a triathlon. And, he, and then every time <laughs> he's like, what, what is a triathlon? You know, I mean, we're, we didn't even know what they were. And I'm like, well, Darren, you swim, you bike, and then you run. He's like, that sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> But it was actually good. Like, my first triathlon, Antonio, was hilarious because I was down in the Bay Area, and my entire family came out. And I'm sitting in the um, water. I'm not a sw- I wasn't a swimmer by any means. Um, and I, like, in the, I'm in the back, and my whole, I turn around, look at my family, and my whole family is like, keep going forward. Like, they wanted me to be at the front of the line. And my oh, brother's that's like, where you get that. <laughs> Darren's like, you're not coming home until you get in the front of the line. And I'm like, oh, my God. I was, like, embarrassed. You know, and all these Stanford swim team girls were there. And I, I, I was just, like. Scary. It, it, was, it was fun, though. It was, it was a try for fun and pleasant. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was small. And, you know, it was a small distance, short distance. But I got out of the water. And I think it was, like, 50th out of the water. I think I did zigzags the whole time. And then, yeah, once I hit the ground, I started, you know, just, I got on the bike and, you know, I'm a strong biker just because of, I think, skiing background. And then I started, you know, and running, I was okay at, and then I did my second, that was my first triathlon. My second triathlon, I went to another race in Sacramento. And at the time, I totally remember this. I was like lost. We couldn't find where the vent was. We're racing around. I show up literally like maybe five minutes before my my heat goes, and I throw my bike down. I throw my like little shorty wetsuit on. I do the race, and I ended up getting like third. 
and I finished the race and this guy comes up to me and he's like, Hey, yeah, you, you, you look pretty, like pretty good runner. And I was like, what? Like, okay. Yeah. And then he's like, well, have you been doing these for a while? I'm like, no. And he goes, well, that's a really old bike you have. I'm like this bike I've had, it was like a 1980 bike. It was so old. He's like, well, my name's Jim Felt and I do, I, um, build bikes. If you're ever interested in taking this in further, he goes, it looks like you have some sort of, you know, ability to be okay at this sport. So you, if you want to try it, you should probably invest into getting a bike. So that year I did another two races and I decided to meet up with Jim Felt down at his place and I rode one of his bikes and became one of his sponsored athletes. And That's we, so cool. Yeah, and he's, you know, I got to say, he's an awesome person inside and out. And, you know, he was working, when I knew him, when I met him, he was doing his bikes in his garage, and he would do the CAD on his computer and then build them right there in his garage. I mean, it was super grassroots. And then, you know, fast forward eight, ten years, and he had a Tour de France team. Wow. So, yeah, and just someone that I can't say enough good things about, just really good human, good family man, good just person, and works hard and really supportive. Um, so I, I only ride felt bicycles because of him. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. And I mean, of course I knew what felt was. And when, when we did our first, I don't know if it was a triathlon or a duathlon, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I knew exactly what felt was. And that's when we talked about your introduction to Jim and your introduction to triathlons in general. So. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I got to say that second race of the triathlon, as much of a shit show it was and showing up late and just all over the place, it ended up being probably the best way of connecting. And, you know, the stars aligned for me for my triathlon career from that point forward. So how old were you then or what year was this? I don't even remember. I think it was 20, 2001. Okay. Because it was right, yeah, and then the next year I moved down to San Diego, or no, maybe it was 2000, because 2001 I raced, and then I started doing well in 2001, and then um, Jim said, you know, he kind of put a little bird in my ear saying, maybe you should move down to San Diego and see if you want to give this a shot for a career. Cool. So I did, and then that was 2002, and I remember that because that was uh, the Olympics for Darren in Salt Lake. So. Okay. Did you compete in the Olympics for triathlon? No, that was winter. Sorry. never mind. Yeah, no, Darren was, yeah, no way. I, I definitely was not there. It was, it was not that level. Those, okay. those guys, unbelievable. And super fast. Like, to be a really good, fast triathlete, you really have to be a strong swimmer and runner. You really have to be a strong, fast, fast runner. Yeah, well, you are a fast, fast runner, so I don't, I mean, we, we can talk about, so you were... You were you moved to San Diego and you did turn this into a career for how many years? Well, you know what? I moved to San Diego and I wanted to kind of just see. You know, I had no idea what what was all involved, and it's it's a quite an endeavor. I mean, you have to get up and swim at six in the morning, and you got to bike, and then you got to run, and you got to sleep, you got to eat, and I was also working, and it was a it was. A lot of different things, and I was 26, I think, 26, 27, and I also was going, man, San Diego is pretty fun, too, like, 
kind of want to see and meet people, but um, yeah. in order to be a really good triathlete, you have to be so focused. And I ended up doing really well that year in some races, but I talked it over with Jim, and I just didn't feel like I wanted to go professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really loved the sport. I loved everything about it, and I loved the people, but I just wanted to keep it fun. Um, so I did end up going to um, the age group championships in Cancun, and then I also went to Pucan. That, yeah, that was, and then I went to um, Madeira Island. Ooh. And I did really well in that one. That was a good one. So it was – have you ever been there? It's gorgeous. In Portugal, no. So it's an island off Portugal. It's called Madeira Island. And it's very – it's, like, basically volcanic, you know. And so it's just, like, the bike was straight up, straight down, straight up, straight down. And I remember this, like, guy the day before the race coming up to me, like, you have the wrong gear on your bike. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Like, I'm fine. Jim – made me this bike specific for you know this race and i didn't i i I believed in him and i don't ever second guess myself especially like if you second guess yourself a day before a race or in the race you're you're behind the eight ball so you might as well yeah yeah, you just might as well let that go and my parents were there and um the swim was okay i remember the swim was okay and uh then i got on the bike and i just hammered the bike i was first off the bike and then um the run, I, I think I ended up, I got second overall. So wow. I got passed by a Canadian. She was just crushing the run, which was awesome. Cool. Uh, no, that, yeah. was that, that was that your favorite destination triathlon? Yeah, that was pretty cool. And my parents were there. And so it was gorgeous. It was perfect weather. It was a hilly course. It was kind of everything that uh, checked for me. So, yeah. Yeah. What checks for you definitely doesn't check for me. <laughs> well, you don't like hilly and no, nope. yeah. no, I like fast and flat. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't not like flat. Like that's just like death to me. Yeah, no, that's why you live. That's why you went to school in Colorado and live in you know Truckee, Reno. You, yeah, you, you like that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I love the mountains for sure. Give me hills. So, so, okay. So your decision was around not going professional was around, you know, you want to keep this passion alive instead of turning it into a career where then the passion might die. Yeah. And I felt like that was, I already had a career. I was doing commercial real estate at a finance and marketing degree. And I already had that going and I really didn't, I, like you said, I wanted to love the sport and continually excelling and I didn't want to put any external pressure, internal pressure, um, on me to do certain races or to focus. I just, I felt like I wanted to flow. I hired a coach one time and I just, he was a great friend and I learned stuff, but I was just like, you know what? This isn't really what I wanted. I wanted to listen to my body, kind of wanted to figure it out. Um, and I am fortunate enough that it did work out in a lot of ways, you know, so yeah. I had great races and you know I learned through skiing in my background you got to push yourself I didn't know like to do track workouts or this and that but when I went down to San Diego I really jumped into that and figured out and wrote stuff down like oh this is what people are doing this is how you get fast yeah you know if you want to be a good triathlete you got to swim with swimmers bike with bikers and run with runners yeah that's good advice I like that 
Yeah, and if you want to be a good runner, you want to run with people that are faster than you and push you. That's why I run with you, Shannon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But what happens when we run together is you lap me, and then you're like, you. I remember this duathlon. So remember the um, Asti duathlon in Geyserville? The the duathlon in Geyserville? Yeah, it was the double dare. It was like the wine country double dare. It was a bike run bike. It was, I think, one of the first races we did together. And um, I was like, I have this in the bag. It was like, I think it was a 10-mile bike, a 2-mile run, a 10-mile bike or something. I had no idea how hard the run, or it was the other way around. I forget. Yeah, it's usually run, bike, run. Run, bike, run. Okay. So, um, but the first run, I thought, I don't know what was wrong with me, but it was a two-loop thing, and you lapped me, and you came around (laughs) behind me, you slapped me on the butt, and you said- I do remember that, actually. You got this. (laughs) I totally do remember that. And I'm like, well, clearly I don't got this because you're ahead of me and you're about to get on the bike. <laughs> That's hilarious. I do remember. Yeah. yeah. I also remember there was a race we did in Sacramento. Remember we did the Sacramento River? And right before we were, like, going, some guy's like, hey, ladies, I remember you guys from the bonfire. And we're going, oh, okay. Really? I like, no, no, yeah. do not remember that. But Yeah, yeah. It's a small world. I think the athletic world is super small and – you know, and people are supportive and positive and stuff like that. So it's great to do these races. Like you said, like the bonsai brought a really a community within the other participants and competitors and same with triathlon and same with running. Like you just start, you know, like my run community is huge and it's awesome. And everyone's super supportive and people push you and, you know, or they don't push you and they're just there supporting you, you know, just giving you an extra, you know, body next to you just to know that you're not alone you're doing this together yeah totally no I in fact um I had a conversation with my old boss today I was met via messenger but you know it was he asked me so he's like he asked me for advice about starting running and I said you know what just do it do your first run you know a five minute run and then do that for the first couple times and then add a minute or two and then go find a running group because this community is so, it's so, as you said, supportive. And, it, and you, th- you think in the, in the beginning that it's intimidating because these people know how to run and you can't keep up. But that's so not the case. Like people are at all paces and all um, levels of running. And of course, you're going to pick the people in that group that you feel most, most comfortable with, right? Yeah, and you can learn and you share and everyone can get something from someone, right? Just because, you know, you may be running and a conversation comes up about something in life or work or relationship or, you know, or even like technique or whatever it is. I think you can get something from every single person. doesn't matter if they're, you know, an elite or a beginner. Yeah. No, that's so so true. That's the the other aspect of joining a group with a purpose, let's say the purpose is running, but you might get something absolutely different and other than running out of this, you know, group and the relationships you build. So yeah, you never know what door opens, right? Yeah. Like what we got, we started with skiing 
And then it just kind of morphed into like doing running at triathlon and then doing running events. And then like we do destination running events or destination skiing or, you know, we make, we've created that um, connection with each other, you know, totally. with friends. And that's for, for me, that's how life should be. It should be shared and doing these amazing things. You know, I, I love to travel, but I love to travel with my girlfriends or you know, friends all over the world to do a race or to experience something, whatever that may be. I will say one of the favorite things about our friendship is the shared love for traveling and the shared love for athletic or endurance events, right? Yeah. It's been mostly running and we did a few triathlons together, but, you know, we've done a lot of running races together and we've done a really a lot of fun running races. So I live in Sonoma County, you live in Truckee, Reno, and, you know, either I'd come up there to ski in the winter or we've done, or I've done a few running races up there, not many, but you'd come down here and we'd do like the Napa to Sonoma half marathon. We did multiples of those, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we ran for team Ravens because I worked for Ravenswood and I created the team there and, I had to have Shannon so we would win the team event. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Bola Dance, we had Bola Dance. We had, you know, we had we we had that team there at the Napa Sonoma. Yep. And, and that's bakers. right. And and in Healdsburg. Yeah. And then I think we actually did we wear those shirts too when we no, not in Nashville. We had we had matching shirts in Nashville. We had the run Nashville shirts in Nashville. Yep. That was really fun. I See, when I think back about the races that we did together, the destination races have always been the most fun, you know, and Nashville was one that stands out for me. Just yeah, because, me too. You know, too. We, we traveled there when we still could travel. <laughs> we sat in a restaurant when we could still sit in a restaurant. Oh, my God. Do you remember that time when you were so hungry? Was it the, the day of the, the race? The bread. That was after the race. I was starving, and it was after the race, and um, my I, sometimes my stomach flips a little bit. I get a little bit queasy after racing, so I didn't eat for a while. And then we went to this fabulous restaurant, but they wouldn't seat us for like an hour, and I was starving. And I think I... And I'm not very good with drinking, so I think I had one martini and no thing, and then we just had to get some bread or something in me. I was like, and they wouldn't give us the bread. No, they wouldn't give us the bread. Yeah, so Shannon got a little hangry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, we have photos of that one. They're That's, actually pretty funny. That was so funny. That um, was a great race, I gotta say, because like you said, the destination, like, you know, traveling us three girls going there and then going to these new restaurants and going checking out a new culture and then doing the race and meeting other locals and then people from other places. It and then, you know, it was awesome. You know, it was the weather so was fun. Perfect, you know, so and then we uh, so and and I love the course because it was through the neighborhoods in Nashville, right? Yeah, it was a rock and roll Nashville. It yeah. Was awesome. And then we went to that barbecue place afterwards and stuffed our faces. Well, we did. You didn't, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I do remember that. It was like, I can't remember. It was waffles and chicken or something. I guess they're famous for that. Or yeah. no, it was a bar- barbecue. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we have the, back in Sonoma County in wine country, we had 
you know, you and I ran the Vintage Festival 12K multiple times together. Yeah, that was, I love that race because then we would crush the grapes afterwards. Yep, exactly. So the times when you and I were grape stomping, we always did well. Yes. Your, my teammate replacements never held up, you know, to, to the standard <laughs> that Shannon Rouse <laughs> could. Never. Yeah. Um, and then. That was an awesome time. Yeah. And then that one time I came down and I parked my car outside your house at like three in the morning. Someone smashed my car. Oh my I God. You, you, what was it? So it, it sounded like somebody had driven into the living room, first of all. It did. It was scary. And then I looked out the window and my car's in the middle of the road. I'm like, what is going on? It was and perpendicular then... to the road and it was one of the wheels was flipped on, on the, like into the wheel well. Yeah. It was totally like folded like a pancake. Yeah. I'm so yeah. And then <laughs> I love it. I am so not good in like panic situations because then like the cop would come and they'd be like, so what kind of car do you have? And it's sitting right there in front of me. And all I have is Subarus for my entire life. And I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> You're like a Honda. I'm like, it's not a Honda. <laughs> <laughs> like, what color? It's a white Subaru standing, sitting right in the middle of the road. I'm like a purple. I don't know. <laughs> you were definitely out of it. That's for sure. Yeah. And you definitely took charge, and I thank you so much for that. And, uh, <laughs> You're welcome. It was just a crazy morning, and we were supposed to race the next that morning. Yeah, we were supposed and, to get up like three hours later. Yeah, and then you and I both didn't sleep because obviously we we're just I just just the nerves and anxiety and. And then I remember you coming out of your bedroom, and you're like, "So what do you think?" I'm like, "Let's just go do this race. Let's just yeah. go run this out of us," you know. So we did. Yeah, and we, we both did really well at that race too. We did. I had something going on. I think it was that. No, maybe it was another year. But, but yeah, I like that you said. You know what? Let's shake it off. Let's just do this because we're gonna regret if we don't do it. That's what you said. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's my my car was already totaled. We were already up. I already had like anxiety. It was you know. So Sunday, the insurance company wasn't open. We might as well just go and run a race and have enjoy the day. I mean, yeah. And not let that dominate that weekend. Yeah. I felt guilty, we honestly, because I was like, this happened in front of my house and I felt, I felt bad, but at the same time we did shake it off and I think you figured it out with the insurance and now yeah, you it, all, it all worked out. We had, you know, it, it was a bummer, but you know what? That's what happens. Life throws at you crazy stuff, and you can't sit there and dwell on it. You just got to, like, go, okay, you know what? This happened. Let's keep doing what we need to do. And then we went and did the race, and then we went to the river, and I grabbed a rental car. And That's so, right. We went yeah. to Lee's house. Yep. We went to Lee's house, had a little barbecue, and then I drove home. I, you know what? I'm just happy that we were in your house. My dog, Tuffy, and I were in your house because sometimes I do sleep in my car. And ever since then, I'm really nervous to sleep in the back of a car. Yeah. No, I get it. Because that was, uh, yeah, just crazy. That was nuts. Um, actually, that reminds me, like, uh, I miss racing so much. Like, I think, you know, the virtual races are fun and the challenges are fun. That's really what's keeping me going right now. But I cannot wait to have an in-person race again. 
I agree with you 100%. Even, like, all my friends are the same, you know. And I, I actually, right before we got on this, I looked because you and I signed up for a race um, the summer, and they postponed it to 2021. And I have a few races that I already have for 2021. We have Utah to go to in, in 2021. Yep. If if it happens, yeah. you know, I mean, it's scheduled for yeah. May, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, was so... I think it's September. I can't remember. Um, Fingers but, crossed. Anyway. Yeah. I miss racing too. And it's just like the challenge and what, what it, you know, you push yourself to different, you know, links. And then you also have your friends together and it's, you know, you can dress up or you can just be together and travel somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I want to go for sure. I just, you know. Yeah. There's... Well, especially because for you, You've run a lot this year solo and, and you have come back from, you know, a couple of years of really tough health issues, right? Yeah. I had, um, a couple of years ago, I wasn't feeling very good. And then they, I had my gallbladder removed and then like two weeks later or no, two months later I had my appendix removed and then, and then <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I'm still doing these races with my girlfriend. So I still went to Nashville and did Nashville, had a great race. I still did the rim to rim to rim with my friend Jay and had an unbelievable day. And I still went to Germany and won a race in Germany with some friends of mine. So, um, and then you, and because you did all of that, not only because, you know, honestly, obviously you wanted to participate in these races after being down for a while. But then yeah. you had a stress fracture in your leg. Yeah. <laughs> then I shoveled my roof and trucking and fell off my roof and broke my leg. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm uh, laughing. It's not funny at all. No, it it kind of is ridiculous because um, I did have like 12 feet of snow on my top of my roof of my house um, when you and I were in Japan. Yep. And where it was dumping and we were skiing and it was dumping and trucking and it dumped 12 feet of snow on your roof. Yeah. And, and nobody and... nobody called or texted and said, Hey Shannon, your roof needs to be shoveled. <laughs> no, my actually my neighbors were like, Shannon, you need your roof needs to be shoveled. It's gonna like you're it's gonna cave in. And so I was up my roof at five in the morning shoveling my sh- roof. This was the day and... after we got back from Japan, right? Yes, the day after I got from Japan and I fell off my uh roof and broke my leg, which I didn't know. I thought it was just a sprain. And then I was trying to run on it because a couple months later I was going to hike Kilimanjaro. That's so I ended right. up taking, I took off all I took off all running and then I went and hiked Kilimanjaro and I was like, man, something's really wrong with my leg. It does not feel good. And uh, a friend of mine, the doctor, we we're going to get an MRI, but we got an X-ray. You X-ray before you get an MRI. And he's like, X-rays, and he's like, okay, Shannon, get off the table. I'm like, what? He's like, you have a compound break of your, what is it, my tibia. I was like, oh, my God, tibia, fibula. It was like a little compound break through Wait, the Wait, compound means through the skin or? or no, or... not compound. Um, it was a compression. A Sorry, compression, compre- okay. I was like, wait a minute. You didn't notice that you were bleeding for two months? <laughs> no, I had a compound break years before that. Um, that was with skiing. That was so the one was that, that, that made you quit skiing. Yeah, sorry, right. that was my bad. Yeah, no, but okay. But the compression break, um, and they're like, and you hike Kilimanjaro on a broken leg? I'm like, whatever. 
It wasn't like super broken. It was just like a fracture. <laughs> it's a little broken. It was just, it was just you know, the Shannon Rawls uh, uh, pain threshold is a little higher than others. <laughs> I think that and just like, okay, you, I put my mind to something. and Maybe I'm not the smartest tool in the shed. That stuff. <laughs> it did take like eight months to heal. That's and the so, thing. Yeah. So then all last summer, I didn't do any running. And it was really hard. I swam a ton and biked. And then um, this 2021 or 2020, well, I started running again. And then now I'm in really good running shape. So I'm stoked. Stoked to be back running and injury free, knock on wood. Yeah. So you, um, well, maybe you don't want to reveal your age, but um, you did have a very, <laughs> a very, very, very long run for your birthday. In June. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Oh, my stupid challenges I do for myself. Like, um, like you say, the races are canceled. So we have up here in Tahoe, I have a running group. So we always come up with these challenges, right? So one challenge was to get as much vert as we could in three hours. And then one challenge was something else. And then I was like, I got to do a birthday challenge. 45. I got to do something for my 45th. So I was like, oh. I'll just run 45 miles for my 45th birthday. And, <laughs> and this was you. This was the beginning of you coming back from your uh, compression factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, sure. Yeah, let's yeah. go. Let's go from zero to 45. Yeah, I mean, I get a good base. I have a good base. <laughs> get base miles. I was so lucky though because I had um, some really good friends of mine. I decided to split it up because just running 45 miles kind of off the couch is, is not good for me. Um, so I split it up pretty much like 18, 19 different miles. I ended up doing, I think 47 just because I was doing loops. I don't like, um, out and back. So the same thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was lucky to have a couple friends that joined me and that was awesome because we got to catch up and share my birthday and then this challenge with me and yeah, that I did was nuts. Like, honestly, you started running at what? Three o'clock in the morning. No, my first run was at midnight. Uh, and then and then I took a three hour break or four hour break and I started running again at eight and that one was like 11 I took a two hour break and my my body started seizing up I was like okay I just need to keep running and yeah. I was I was definitely hurting the next couple of days but I actually did a really cool challenge with um I think it was you run every it was with my running group as well so we ran you're supposed to run like five miles every four hours for 24 hours. That's right. I remember that. And that was super fun. And it was really challenging, but not sore at all because it was only five miles. The hardest part was sleeping and eating. But otherwise, it was awesome. And there was probably like, I think, nine of us that did it. Not together, but, um, you know, we, we all did it, but just different places and different times. So Didn't Darren was- do that with you? My brother, he was uh, going to get up and do the first run with me. And I started running, and then I, I had like four or five miles, in, four miles into me, and I saw him. And then he ended up running five miles. I think I, the first run I did was nine, but I wanted to share some time with my brother because he's not a runner. Um, it was nice to have my brother run with me. He That's funny because he was like, when he first said about the triathlon, that's stupid. But now he's running with you. He's doing like Wings for Life, the Red Bull run, right? He's done that yeah, a couple so, times. 
Wings for Life is a really awesome event. It's um, a Red Bull event, and it's all over the world. Um, and everyone starts at the exact same time all over the world. And then a chase car, which is it can be virtual and or if you're running it, a car will come and leave the start line 30 minutes after the start. And then once it catches you, then your race is over. And it's a really cool event, something totally different, and all the proceeds go to spinal cord research. I love it. Yeah. And Red Bull did a phenomenal job. I did two of their races. I did one in Southern California with Darren, and then um, I did one in Dublin with my mom, um, and then we did one this year virtually, which was awesome, up here in um, Tahoe. Yeah, because you could run wherever. <laughs> Normally, these the, the yeah. in-person events are... Yes, all over the world, but at a specific, you know, start start area like San Francisco yes. or Sacramento or whatever. Yeah. But this year was virtual, so people literally ran wherever they could run, and the and the chase car was virtual. Yes, it was really cool. You just had your like headphones in, or you had your, you know, it's on your phone, and you just run, and it'd be like. Hurry up! You're going so fast. That's a, you know. Is it a German accent? Yes. Really? Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, it... Austrian, because Red Bull's Austrian. It's Dieter Mateschitz probably doing that yeah. voice. It was so funny. He's like, "Oh, you're going so fast. Keep going. Go, go, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Um, That's funny. Yeah, and it was so cool, Antonia, because there was, I think, you know, this is during COVID, but there was. In Tahoe, my brother, myself, um, and the, I think the 15 other people all did it. We all started staggered together, and then we all kind of separated. But um, it was awesome. Awesome event, and you get to see your results, and then you know that all your money goes to spinal cord research. So great cause. Great way to involve the whole world in something for a great cause and not just always focus on the negativity of – you know, COVID. Yeah. And what's going on in general. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was awesome. So, and Darren, Darren crushes it. He, he like, the guy's a big dude and he just gets off the couch and runs and then he can't move for like a month. <laughs> he, he ran like what? 12 miles. The first one we did, we had no idea what we were going to do. Darren ran 17 miles. Oh my God. Ran like almost like 30. I was like, I was calling Darren like, where is, where's the chase car, dude? Like I'm out here. He's like, just keep running. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like done. You this know? was, but, this uh, was, this was an in-person one. So you had an actual car that never showed up cause you could just, you were too fast. You kept running. Yeah. It was just, it was down in LA we were down in Anaheim and we had, but we had no clue. Like we were like, Oh, well we'll probably get caught in mile like five and 10. Right. Well, Darren was 17 miles off the couch. That's crazy. Yeah, I forgot it, about that one. I just remember that yeah. this year he ran pretty far for off the couch. Yeah, he did it. Yeah. And um, that, I think that's his only running event he does. And I, it's, it's awesome. I mean, next year we'll all have to do it. And hopefully we can do it some location because there's Red Bull does it all over the world. Like there's Germany, Austria, Italy, France, Spain, Poland, Ireland. Um, you know, there's Brazil. 
there's there's so many places so yeah. it's it's really cool my friend david who did the marathon de sable who was also on one of my uh podcasts he does it every year and and he yeah he's pretty fast and he goes pretty far i don't remember and of course he runs it in vienna and in kilometers so i don't really know the translation off the top of my head <laughs> i think one guy did like 80k Jeez, it yeah. was insane and i think like that was the record um but it, i gotta tell you like this we, when i was in dublin it was so cool because at the end of the race once they caught you we got a bus back they had these big screens and they would show like all the runners all over the world there was like you know, the last remaining people that the chase car hadn't caught. And there was like a guy in Dubai and the guy, the guy in Ireland. And there was a guy in like, like I think Vienna and they were all racing each other. It was so cool to see it on the big screen. Yeah. Right? Cars like chasing him down and, you know, just all in Dubai and Ireland. And I think it was, yeah, Vienna or something like that. And it was just, and I, I can't remember who won, but it was so cool to see that. So there is there is an overall winner, a global winner, yes. right? Yeah. The, yes. the person who goes the farthest without getting caught. Yep. yep. That's so fun. Or he, he eventually gets caught. They, like, speed the car up after a point. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's been running for 46 hours. We should probably yes, speed right. up the car. <laughs> I think it's, like, every, like, they go, like, a couple miles per hour faster every, you know. Yeah, like, that makes sense. Cause... An hour and 15 minutes, and then, then they go, like, 50 miles per hour because they're, like, these people could be out there forever. So yeah, totally. <laughs> but cool event, cool, uh, cool event on all, all, all levels. Yeah. So okay, we'll. I definitely want to do that with you guys the next time it's in person. I wanted to do it. Was it in fall? Like, was I working harvest already this year? No, it's usually in May. It's in May. Okay, something. Yeah. Maybe I was dealing with my my parents' stuff. <laughs> at the time. But um, anyway, uh, I can't wait to have in-person races again. And I would love to go to Utah. I am starting to train for something like in mentally, I think it's going to be March. Um, that's what I'm at least I haven't signed up for anything, but that's in my mind. I want to run something for my birthday. Yeah. You know? and yeah. That's what we did. We used to do that stuff, right? We used to yeah, and around something fun for our birthdays. Exactly, and I think it's a good time. I mean, with my newly minted uh, candidacy at Sugar Bowl Ski Patrol, that might throw a wrench <laughs> in the plan. But yeah. I will, um, I will work around it. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, like you say, like it, it, to run. I mean, you can do a ten k, and you don't. You don't. It's not like you have to put hours into it. You don't have to run every single day. I mean, if you ran, you know, a half an hour, three times a week, you know, that's plenty, yeah. you know, plenty, plenty just to sustain that level. And then you add a little bit more when you have time and not to stress about it because quite honestly, it's, we're out there having fun and we're challenging our bodies and, you know, releasing endorphins and experiencing it with our friends and not just always stressing about things, you know, it's like that's sometimes really we just love. Yeah, you just flow, it works, you know, and some you could be in the best shape and be all prepared and everything and have the worst race ever, you know, or, you know, the best race. And you can also have, you know, like something where you just show up and and have a great race, you know. That's so true. Yeah. 
I mean, I think there's something to be said about having a training plan for, you know, oh, I'm going to do a 12 week marathon training plan or a half marathon training plan. You totally get stressed out by the goals that are set because, and then you feel guilty if you didn't get your five mile or long run in that weekend, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It should just be, I mean, what I do want to focus on a little more is speed work. I want to, I loved running on the track and, um, I, I, I've never done that before until Georgia, until I went to Georgia in June and, you know, just wanted to mix up my running. I was doing my <clears throat> mini run streak that got forcefully interrupted by harvest. But, uh, yeah, uh, part of that was if, if my run streak involves at least a mile a day, then I want to run on the track and make the most of the, out of that mile, you know? Yeah, and track is great. It's it's because it helps you learn your pace and it doesn't you don't have to worry about cars or stopping or, you know, rocks or trees or what you know, it's just a consistent surface and you can teach your body how to actually run faster. Yeah. And it it's not easy, but you know It's not. It's, it's, it's a doesn't... it's a great workout though. Yeah, it could be it doesn't even have to be long. Like it, what I learned in San Diego was they didn't even run over, you know, a 5K of, it would be like three to 5K of speed work. And these are Olympians, yeah. you know? So, you know, it's, it's quality, not quantity. That is so true. And, you know, I, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts because obviously I'm trying to make my podcast um, good. <laughs> but um, a, awesome. lot of, a lot of it is that Z2 training, you know, force yourself to run slow, run longer, or just mix it up, not just doing, you know, the mandatory four-miler four at, you know, your regular pace. That, that, I think, gets monotonous or can get monotonous, especially when you are on a strict training plan without yeah. variation. Yeah, and like the, what people are doing with these HIT programs, right? If you do the same thing over and over again, your body gets used to that. So you got to incorporate like high intensity stuff and slow stuff to recover, you know? So you can't just do, if you do the same thing over and over again, you don't really make any gains. It's just like what you do. If you do the same thing in work, you never really do anything. If you just, you know, play the same tune on the piano, you're not really excelling if, unless you change it up, you got to change things up. How your is body. your piano? How are your piano lessons coming by the way? <laughs> It's, it's, I'm so musically challenged, but it's cool because it's independence, hands and mind and reading music. And that's a crazy challenge for me. So that's, uh, just trying to pick up the piano. I have a wonderful piano teacher. She helps me a half an hour every week and, you know, it's great. It's uh, definitely a big challenge though. So I love that you decided that that's, you know, Everybody has their own little COVID challenges that they've, you know, picked up, something that they've never done before or are thinking they're terrible at, like me and baking. I'm, yeah, I, I'm definitely uh, <laughs> on the more challenged side when it comes to baking. But I figured out how to bake this one type of bread, and I love it, you know? Awesome. So... So I love that you, I mean, I played the piano when I was little and, or 
not that little. I started when I was five and went all the way, or maybe earlier, and then went all the way into middle school playing the piano. Now, if you put a piano in front of me, I'd probably freak out. Oh, it's hard. It's really hard. But I'm like I said, I've never done it. I'm, I've never picked up an instrument and it's something completely different. And just teaching your body different things. Like, you know, the brain and the hands is separate. And then you have the foot pedal. And I mean, it is, you're, it's, it's all encompassing, but it's awesome, you know? And then you see, like from my first lesson to, I've only had three lessons now, to my third, it's like I've really made some some um, improvements and it's cool like I can actually hear it yeah so that's yeah. I think that's really cool Shannon that you're that you're doing that I, I admire yeah, you well, for you're more than welcome to come up and bang on the piano <laughs> <laughs> no as I said I probably freeze and freak out <laughs> <laughs> I play for myself I sounds pretty good and I like someone came over I'm like they're like oh play me too and I'm like oh god yeah and my nephew like he comes over and he's really good with piano so Drayson Jason and I play a little bit, so that's, that's pretty good. fun. Does he teach yeah. you some stuff, or what? How does that go down? Um, no, but he, you know, he, he he's it's awesome. He can actually hear the music and then play it, but he can't read music, and I can read the music and play it. That's how I'm learning, and I don't hear it. So we we kind of work together. So yeah, I'm like oh no, this, but um, yeah. I mean, eventually we're gonna play a song together. That's I, really I'm not, cool. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, so. I think, you know, this is a good spot to sort of, you know, wrap things or, or let's wind it down. Let's not wrap it up because I, as I said, we could probably keep talking. Um, well, you and I could talk forever, but yeah, I think basically like just, just keep doing things and changing it up and, you know, challenging yourself and, you know, listening to your body too is a huge thing. And then. Yeah, you're really good at that. Just kidding. <laughs> I am. I just, I, I'm good at it. I am good at it. But I just, uh, sometimes when I have a goal, I I look beyond it, you know. But do you think that from the more recent setbacks that you've learned to be more attuned to it, to your body? Like, do, do you listen to your, like you, it's hard to describe what I'm trying to say, but I know what you mean about being goal oriented and wanting to run through it, but maybe you are now having learned about, let's say your compression fact fracture that would you back off now? Uh, I probably honestly probably no, but it's <laughs> just being honest. Um, but I think that I have learned like, let's for instance, like, um, I know that my body doesn't perform well if I did 45 miles in one shot. Yeah. So I know that, okay, I would be much better, better on my joints, better on just my body to split it up, right? So I'm smarter in that sense. And then when I do get tired, I think about foot position or my, my hands or something where it, you know, to create less energy, you know, be more energy efficient, um, and I think too, the older I get, the more recovery I do, but, um, yeah, you know, I think recovery is huge. And when you're a beginning runner or beginning athlete with whatever passion you have, you just want to go hundred percent the whole time. And the older you are, it's actually, like I said, it's 
quality, not quantity. So it's really focusing on doing the right things for the right amount of time and allowing your body to recover. Yeah, that's you some know? really sound advice. Very well said and totally something I have been thinking about and wanting to focus on really going forward because yeah, we are unfortunately not 22 years old anymore. Um, well, unfortunately I'm actually, I would never want to trade and be 22 anymore, but, um, but you, you start to prioritize, um, things like quality over quantity and you don't sort of parallel to what you were saying about, um, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone or trying to learn something different or new, like you with piano and me with baking, mm-hmm. you know, your, your body doesn't develop if you don't change it up. Right. Yeah. Well, and the, and the rest. And like, I think too, the older we get too, we realize how sleep's important and when you're stressed out, how it affects your sleep and how it affect, affects your performance, your mental capacity. So just like really, paying attention to all those little things and eating right. Like when I'm racing and I'm really in good shape, I don't, I, I don't drink cause I just don't have a craving and you know, you want to eat healthy. You want to feel your body the right way. You want to get the sleep. You want to get the recovery. So it's all encompassing. You're one big being, right? Yeah, it is. And back to what you said earlier about mental health, you know, I mean, we are living in a in an extremely challenging time right now yeah. and um to keep your mentally your your mental state at a you know in 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 check and healthy is is just as important as physically well yeah and you know when you are physical and you're breathing hard you're releasing endorphins mm-hmm. and so and you're clearing your mind too so there's something you know when you go and have a stressful day or you're bummed and you, you, you push yourself to get out the door and go for a run, you feel so much better afterwards. Yeah, you know? 100%. And, and that was with this COVID thing, it's been tough because, you know, they want people to be in their house. I have my bike on my trainer in my house. I'm like, okay, well, I can't go anywhere or do anything, so I might as well just sweat it out in my house and I end up do feeling better, right? Yeah. We, we make adjustments, like we all have to make adjustments with this COVID thing and just trying to figure out what your adjustment is going to be. You know, maybe it's doing jumping jacks for 15 minutes in your house or jump rope or something like that. Right. Yeah. No, it's, or it's during, so yeah, true. The warrior classes, you know, but you, I think you have to breathe hard in order to get your mental state too. So yeah, speaking of warrior classes are, is uh, Darren starting that up again? I'm sure. I, I, I don't know what he's, uh, I don't know what he's doing. He's a uh, dirt biking and oh. he's getting ready for ski season. I know that, but cross country season's right around this corner. So yeah, you're, you're heading to Royal Gorge sometime. Uh, well, I heard sugar bowls opening on 27th, the 27th. Right. Yeah. And so the gorge is opening probably on the 27th also. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I can't wait for, you know, I mean, I love, running but i also really love skiing so i'm excited yeah. for ski season i know yeah, and it gives your body a good break too like if you run all the time you just like beat your body down so like to have a change of, of skiing is gonna is awesome you're still building strength skiing too so. yeah exactly i know i'm excited to see you and for you to meet the puppy she just woke up so it might be time for me to take her out 
<laughs> I can't wait to meet Thunder. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm so in love. She's the best. And I, I, I should probably pick up my um, Dallas ashes and. Dallas uh, is my... hanging out here. Yeah, Dallas is hanging out. Yeah. The tough, little taffy. Aww. All right, honey. Well, uh, thank you so much. That was fun talking. That was great. Thank you so much for um, doing this with me. And uh, I will yeah. hopefully see you sooner rather than later. I hope so. Well, take care and get some rest. And that was so fun. Thanks. All right, hon. Take care. All right. Love you, girl. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Man, I love that girl. Not only is she smart and beautiful inside and out, She's as badass as they come. She's a competitor through and through in whatever sport she tackles, yet she truly finds joy and peace in running, especially when she can share the experience with her friends and her dog, of course. I'm lucky to be able to call her one of my closest friends and to continue to make great memories skiing, running, and traveling together. In case you're looking for me in other corners of the World Wide Web, the best way to find me is on Facebook and Instagram, under my name, Antonia de Heinrich, that is A-N-T-O-N-I-A-D-E-H-E-I-N-R-I-C-H. On Facebook, head on over to the I Quit X and Start It Running page, or join the Quit Something, Start Running group to follow and share stories. It's a great place to be inspired and inspire others with your transformation, and maybe even express interest in joining me as a guest on my podcast, or you can simply email us at quitxstartrunning at gmail.com. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy this podcast. Leave a rating, maybe even a review. My guests would appreciate it as well. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope to see you next Monday, November 30th. As we're getting into the holidays, scheduling interviews is becoming increasingly challenging, so fingers crossed. Until then, my friends, stop what you're doing and start running.